Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you for joining us here in late July, almost August, uh, 2022. And it's the time of year again where we start talking about the, the festivals and the events that uh, come around annually here in the Cleveland area. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the Cuyahoga County Fair. We've been talking about this for many years now. And with us, uh, as always, is Tim Fowler, former president of the Cuyahoga County Fair Board. Tim, thanks for joining us in the studio tonight. You're welcome, Nick. Glad to be back this year after a, uh, uh absence last year. Oh, my goodness. Well, COVID uh, has really changed our lives. It really has. So yeah. it's, it's good to be back where things seem normal. But, uh, you know, and Tim always comes with gifts. He bears gifts, and he bears gifts tonight as well. He bears gifts as free tickets for the county fair. And uh, we'll, we'll start letting people call now if they're interested in getting free tickets sent out to them for the Cuyahoga County Fair. And, Tim, the dates for the county fair? County Fair starts on Tuesday, August the 9th, goes through Sunday, August the 14th. If you would like free tickets, give us a call. We'll give away a pair of free tickets to you. Uh, calling here at WHK at 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. And come out to the fair. And what will they be seeing at the fair this year? We're back. <laughs> well, this year, Nick, uh, is our 125th uh, year celebration. And uh, we promise to bring back uh, everything that people have expected to see uh, if they've been uh, longtime visitors. First-time visitors are going to see as much as uh, ever. We have uh, barns full of animals. We have the traditional fair food, which everybody uh, loves. We have uh, a midway that has... Uh, uh, spectacular rides from primetime amusements out of Florida. And uh, we have a lot of entertainment. We have uh, strolling entertainment. We have pavilion entertainment. We have uh, Elvis impersonators. We have a lot of bands and uh, just a, a great venue for the family. Elvis impersonators. That's like the movie that's going on now. Yeah, it should be uh, very popular, yes. It, it really should be. But, uh, you know, the, the Cuyahoga County Fair is celebrating its 125th year. That, that's counting backwards. takes us back to 1897. Uh, you weren't around for that no, one. No, I, I missed that one, too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Nick, uh, Cuyahoga County is very rich in uh, agricultural history and, and very strong in agriculture today, uh, believe it or not. Uh, hard, to, hard to believe. It seems like such a urban county. Well, it is an urban county. Well, it is, and that's what makes us different and uh, special. Uh, the heritage, but uh, when you think of uh, urban gardening today, when mm-hmm. you think of food production with some of the world's largest corporations in uh, Cuyahoga County producing food, uh, we look at the history of Cleveland with the greenhouse and uh, agriculture. Uh, you know, we take it for granted, but when you think of a loaf of bread or when you think of uh, you know, any produce in the store, mm-hmm. uh, it's coming from some farm somewhere. And so when you think of agriculture, broad base, uh, Cuyahoga County consumes a lot and markets a lot. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking of what we've seen at the county fair. And, of course, I grew up going to the county fair. We used to call it the Berea Fair. I, I don't know why, because the county fair was in Berea, I suppose. But uh, they used to have all these exhibits and award blue ribbons and red ribbons and uh, I think green ribbons. But in any event, 
you can compete for almost anything. Do they still have like the the food competitions? We like, do have uh, food competitions, so we have baked goods uh, that can be entered and and uh, and competed uh, with other uh, people that bake. Uh, we have produce. You can bring in garden produce and uh, exhibit that. Uh, you know, we have livestock. Uh, Kaga County has a pretty strong 4-H and recently started a uh, Future Farmers of America program. So this year we'll have a livestock auction uh, where the uh, people that raise, the, the kids that raise mm-hmm. these animals mm-hmm. will be able to sell them. So we'll have pens of turkeys and chickens. So we'll have uh, actually got uh, seven steers from Kaga County this year and about 12 hogs. So that doesn't sound like a lot compared to a lot of the rural counties, but it's really uh, an increase for us, and we're very proud to uh, display that. We're, we're talking to Tim Fowler from the Cuyahoga County Fair, and the Cuyahoga County Fair is coming up in Berea at the county fairgrounds uh, from August 9th on a Tuesday until August 14th on a Sunday. So, uh, And we're giving away tickets tonight, and our phones have been lighting up here, so congratulations uh, to those of you who have been getting tickets. But if you'd like to go to the fair at no cost to you, courtesy of the Cuyahoga County Fair Board, uh, call us here at WHK tonight, and that's at uh, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945, and get your free tickets. Um, well, we're, we're talking to Tim Fowler, and Tim, uh, you've been in, involved with the fair for about how many years? I well, mean, forever, I think. Yeah, it did. I mean, actually, when I was uh, a kid here in Nakaga County, uh, I was in the 4-H program, so I showed over at the fair many years ago, but... In my current, uh, you know, uh, responsibility as a director and, uh, and past officer, I've been involved over 30 years. Those years, I bet, seem like they went by really quick. They have gone by fast. And, you know, the fair board and the fair is uh, a big entity besides just this one week, which takes us months to prepare for. You know, the fairgrounds is used throughout the year for a number of events. I mean, we rent the grounds out to uh, charities. We uh, have lumber auctions. You know, we have a flea market that we sponsor ourselves um, every week uh, through about nine months out of the year. Even we even move it indoors during the winter. We do uh, vehicle and boat storage during the winter. Um, we have uh, you know sometimes multiple activities in one weekend using our facility. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, it's well, we talked about COVID and with the vaccination program. To- uh, I know with our CERT team and the other CERT teams, community emergency response teams, we were helping out the county board of uh, health uh, in vaccinations. What what went on over at the uh, Bria Fairgrounds? Well, we were proud to uh, help uh, the county assist uh, residents by distributing the vaccine. And we had a, a several-week period where it was a drive-through uh, distribution, and uh, thousands of people came through for that vaccine well, I, my wife and I were there helping out, and it was uh, it was good that we were able to do something. It really and, took a lot of hands. It, it did a lot of cooperation from a lot of people. But uh, you know, going on with animals, uh, you mentioned that there's a lot of 4-H activity, and there's a lot of agriculture, or at least there's some agriculture. To, from my standpoint, where is this happening? I, I don't, do, I, do I not see it? Do I drive by it every day and miss it, or what? Well, you do, it is uh, easy to miss. You know, it can be in some... Uh, Backyard uh, in communities that still allow that. Some communities have grandfather clauses and what have you, but uh, some of it's happening right downtown Cleveland. You know, so we have urban gardens uh, with some of the CMHA projects uh, downtown. Uh, there's been some uh, sheep grazing that uh, CMHA has uh, uh, participated in. 
to help uh, keep uh, grass down in areas. So it, it is really all over. And if you think about it, uh, we have a, a large bee uh, display. We extract honey. We have a year-round uh, apiary uh, uh, functioning mm-hmm. at the fairgrounds. Uh, beekeeping is uh, really popular. Cuyahoga uh, County has one of the largest beekeeping groups in the state. And a lot of states are cloning ours to really? yeah follow the lead. So uh, it's very diverse, but we, we contribute a lot. Well, my basic understanding about bees is that you need bees to pollinate you things, do. fruit trees and, and vegetables and all of that, flowers. Uh, how how are they doing that? Do they the beekeepers here in Cuyahoga County? Do, are there orchards, or do they rent out their beehives, or how does that work? Both. Uh, you know, the beekeepers in Cuyahoga County uh, extract honey, and a lot of them sell it at. Uh, 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 summer markets, mm-hmm. you know, for fresh honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot different than the processed honey that you might buy in the supermarket. It's very healthy, has a lot of natural attributes. Uh, it also uh, is uh, used in a lot of um, bakery products and mm-hmm. ice cream and things of that nature. So honey, um, yes, and without bees, we really wouldn't ex- exist as a society. <laughs> well, uh, well, pollinating yeah. the trees and corn mm-hmm. and flowers and just uh, everything uh, depends on bees. And bees are moved from state to state uh, where there are large orchards, not enough because that critical time of the year for pollination is uh, important. So some people have gotten into that business and move millions of bees across the country for that purpose. Well, I, I don't want to hit you up for all this detail on beekeeping because uh, you, you're not a beekeeper yourself. I'm not. I, you know, I'm just uh, you know, kind of... And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And we're here with Tim Fowler from the Cuyahoga County Fair uh, talking about August in northern Ohio. And we're talking about the fair. If you've been growing, if you have grown up here in, in Cleveland or in the Cleveland area, chances are sometimes over your life you went to the Cuyahoga County Fair in Berea. And uh, we're giving tickets away tonight, so a lot of people have called in for them, so we still have more tickets. So if you're interested uh, in taking a trip down memory lane out in Berea over at the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds for a sultry August day, uh, feel free to give us a call here at WHK, and here's the phone number, 216-901-0945. One more time, 216-901-0945. Four five, and get your tickets, and we'll see you at the fair. Well, Tim, again, thank you so much. Uh, this has been an annual thing coming over here, chatting with us for I don't even know how many years, but uh, a lot. And um, we talk about these different things like the food competitions. I remember they had model and hobby competitions. If somebody's listening and they're interested in, uh, well, for the heck of it, competing, you know, submitting an apple pie or maybe some type of a buttery apple strudel. I think I'm getting hungry. Anyway, uh, something like that that their relatives have always said, boy, you know, you make the best such and such thing. How do they go about competing? How do they do this? Well, there's still time, Nick, and uh, they can do a couple things. They can call the Fair Board office in uh, Berea at uh, 216-243-0090, or they can actually do it online. So if you go online and go to kaifair.com, that's C-U-Y-F-A-I-R.com, uh, we have the uh, 
different departments and all the registration forms online that can be submitted uh, through this coming week up until Friday. <laughs> well, now, how do you get to be a judge? <laughs> well, various ways. Sometimes people volunteer, especially. You have to like like apple pie yeah, or something. Well, you have to volunteer for the spam eating contest, I believe. But uh, <laughs> I think in all others, uh, we use professional people. So people really? that are familiar with uh, produce, uh, you know, maybe some culinary uh, mm-hmm. uh, instructor from uh, one of the local facilities for food, pies, things like that. And we use uh, judges that come from all over. Uh, for horses and uh, swine, we have uh, sheep judges, poultry judges, guinea pig so judges. So if you win uh, a blue, is blue ribbon still the highest award? Blue ribbon is still the highest, yes. There's, you know, so you can get a first, second, third place after that. Uh, there's a, a nominal amount of uh, money that's distributed. It depends on what the product is and, mm-hmm. and so forth, but you'll get a couple bucks back plus the uh, satisfaction of uh, bragging that I had Why, to share. Sure. Yeah, but there's there's an element of seriousness to having professional judges who really know what they're talking about. Well, re- the, yeah, there really is, and particularly in the uh, live animal uh, category, uh, you know, judging uh, is based on performance and quality of a, of an animal. Uh, that uh, is used for marketing uh, the offspring of that animal that mm-hmm. produce similar, mm-hmm. tied in with the economic return uh, and breeding uh, and so forth. So uh, grand champions have a huge marketing uh, position when they win the county fairs. Um, so, you know, that goes on throughout the week. We will have some judging as late as Saturday at noon, but, you know, it's uh, free. People can come in. Um, we have free parking every day. You know, we have this week, uh, people can go online uh, and, and get a dollar off their entry uh, mm-hmm. for, for admission. And uh, through Thursday, um, we have a, a $25 wristband for all-day rides. And we're going to have uh, up to 30 rides that people can ride uh, unlimited times. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that wristband goes up to $30. Our um, gate fee is uh, $10.00. Uh, for uh, people that uh, don't have any previously purchased online tickets, but we do have uh, $2 on this coming, or on the opening day, Tuesday, which would be for uh, all veterans and seniors. And then uh, active military people are allowed to get into the fair anytime with uh, proper ID free. So uh, we have a, a number of programs, and that's why we try to cater to everybody. Well, this is uh, such a, to me, a nostalgic event that happens every year. Well, almost every year, except for World War II, the Depression, and COVID. Correct. We, we missed something, but, uh, but, but going back to 1897, uh, one of the things I, I know from talking to you over the years about setting up the fair, setting up the fair begins months ahead of time. And uh, you, one of the things that I like is always finding out Who's at the grandstand? It's it's uh, it, it's really not very expensive, and it's a great show, whatever it is. And you can head up to the uh, grandstand, get a seat, and bring some food up there and drink and uh, watch what's going on. What do we have this year? Well, they, we do start uh, some of our early bookings as early as January of the year, but a lot of it happens in the last four, three or four months. Uh, in the grandstand, uh, you know, we have fireworks two nights. We have them on Thursday and on Saturday. We have a paramutual uh, horse racing. Uh, we will have a demo derby on Sunday afternoon. 
Uh, we have a, a new provider for the demo derby activities and organization, which show will be at three o'clock. And uh, we have harness racing and uh, horse shows going on in the uh, grandstand area. Well, for the demo derby, you know, I'm always excited. I think this is something that should really attract a lot of area lawyers and insurance agents because (laughs) where else can you watch car accidents occur right before your very eyes? But there's safety standards here, so no one's going to get hurt, I That's Well, that's true. Uh, You know, there's always some excitement. There can be a few sparks and a little bit of smoke and and dust, but there are safety. There's no glass in the vehicles. The gas tanks are only allowed to have two gallons. Doors are chains are shut so people can't have doors flying open. Uh, there's roll bars uh, in each of the vehicles. And interesting enough, the car, the track is uh, wet, so it's slippery, and the cars go in reverse. So, uh, you know, there's a number of, of features that keep the cars as safe as possible. Not to say that uh, as they get mangled up and so forth that something doesn't roll over or what have you, but knock on wood, uh, we've, we've never had any real catastrophes. What, what night is that? That will be Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Sunday afternoon, the 14th? Yes, that's correct. That's sort of like the grand finale. Almost. It'll be that part of the, the, show. the last day, yes. Uh, fireworks. Will there be fireworks? I think there have been. Yeah, the there past. will be. We'll have fireworks at 10 o'clock on Thursday night and Saturday night. And, you know, throughout the whole week, uh, you know, we have dog shows. We have uh, Elvis impersonators. You know, we will have uh, Jungle Bob uh, at the fair. We have a milking cow where people can actually, it's an artificial cow, but it, oh, thank it acts goodness. like a, mil- a real cow. Uh, we have a one-man circus show this year coming on, and we have something new. It's called Puppy Pals Comic Stunt Show for dog, wait, wait, with wait, dogs. Wait, 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 back up for a moment. A one-man circus show? What Well, what can you, you tell know, me about I that? I haven't <laughs> seen it, so I'm going like to learn something? myself. And we have had those. We've had one-man bands that play mm-hmm. four or five instruments as they march simultaneously. around. Simultaneously. Simultaneously, yes. Well, that's worth the price yeah. of admission. Yeah, it's, and it's what we do. We have you know, a number of, of just strolling acts. We have stilt walkers. You know, We have a, a family dance party right in the middle of the midway with mm-hmm. live hard music and hula hoops. And we see everything from grandmas to, um, you know, mothers with babies dancing so it really attracts and we'll get a couple hundred people that are just uh you know living the moment uh right there in the midway the uh i I noticed that a lot of exhibitors come out to the fair that still is a big draw for the fair a lot of uh, people are selling their wares and getting to find out things anyone unusual or interesting this year except everybody's interesting yeah i don't know of anything unusual we will have a number it's our uh, commercial division uh, this year, we are uh, merging our commercial and our floriculture into one building. Well, we had a, unfortunately, we had an accident. Uh, we had a, I shouldn't say accident, we had a, a fire that destroyed our maintenance building. So we had to shift um, the usage of one building into a temporary maintenance. So um, in, in that commercial building, we'll have everything from uh, people selling books, uh, uh, selling uh, gutter guards, uh, you know, trinkets, novelties. Um, you know, maple syrup, uh, it, it's a wide range of, of things that will be sold. Maybe about 100 exhibitors. Well, what's the biggest uh, fair food seller out there? You know, what the biggest seller is, you know, elephant ears are, are certainly you know, popular. You know, we have everything from apple dumplings to sausage sandwiches, cotton candy, you know. Once, on a once a year, this is almost the qualification as a health food, right? 
A- apples, almost apples. Well, okay. a- an apple a day, uh, even if it's uh, so an, an apple, apple dumpling. An apple dumpling is yeah, a good right, that's, thing. That's the health food. One of yes. my favorites, Mine as you too. know. I have to get out there for that. So with the uh, the fair starting on Tuesday the 9th, and you mentioned a whole bunch of dates where there are different specials for people to get into it. Uh, so you said veterans are what, Wednesday? Uh, actually, active military can get in all week with the proper ID. Tuesday, our opening day, is for veterans. Well, one more time and last time, if you want free tickets for the Cuyahoga County Fair, call us here at WHK at 216-901-0945. And, Tim, we have enough tickets to pass out? I hope so. <laughs> well, we gave away we'll, a lot of them tonight. We'll, so. we'll get as many as people called in for. All right. If anybody else calls in, you'll get tickets tonight. So, anyway, so, Tim, thank you so much for joining us, as always. And we, we mark yet another year. So it's just amazing how quickly time is flying by. But, but thank don't, you. don't miss the Cuyahoga County Fair. It is great fun, and it brings back a lot of great memories. So we're going to take a short break. Thank you very much, Tim, for joining us. And uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words, so don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, Tonight, uh, we're going to be talking to State Representative Tom Patton to give us an update on what's going on in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Representative Tom Patton, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure, uh, Nick, to to be on the show and talk about Columbus. It's up to our right away, but uh, there's an awful lot of stuff going on that affects us right up here in northeastern Ohio. So happy to be there to deliver the messages. Well, thank you. Well, here we are, mid-summer 2022. Uh, what are the big issues going on down in Columbus over the summer? Well, just before we uh, left, we came up with a uh, capital budget, which we do every couple of years, and uh, we brought home a record amount of money to Cuyahoga County uh, on local projects. This doesn't include road projects and other projects. This is just to uh, like Providence House or the Cleveland Orchestra Museum of Art, you know, different hospitals, mm-hmm. such. Uh, uh, you know, being a member of the finance committee. And as a Republican on the Finance Committee, uh, you know, we had an awful lot of input, and I was delighted that virtually all of my requests were granted. Uh, we got money. For example, um, very few people have seen this, but uh, the James Garfield Monument that's in Lakeview Cemetery uh, was built by the citizens of the United States. They had donations from all of the states, uh, every, 50, every one of the 50 states, Nichols, Dimes, Quarters, and they built this wonderful thing many years ago. But obviously, it's not part of the Department of Interior, so which usually handles all the presidential lots. This is something I would hope your listeners and everybody that hears about it will go out and see, because President Garfield buried this. And within that crypt, you can go down into the, into the area through a series of like a, like a metal, uh, metal bars. You could literally be within 20 feet of the casket of both President Garfield and his wife. And the same wrinkled flag that was on it when they put him in there is still there. And it's it's an amazing sight. I think most people never get that close to a president living or dead. But uh, And actually, if you go up to the second floor of this uh, monument, 
the view of downtown Cleveland might be one of the best views you'll ever find in the city. You know, and uh, it's the third grant in a row, and we've literally been able, through the state's help, uh, restore former glory. And I'm very, very proud of the jobs that the folks, you know, at Lakeview Cemetery and those folks in the Garfield Museum Board have done. Uh, that's just one of the many things. But the capital budget is an important thing. Because the state's in great fiscal shape, normally every year we bond out the capital money. But this year, uh, because we're kind of flush, you know, our tax revenues were up, our sales tax revenues were up. Um, we still have a great deal of federal money that we're waiting for the governor to signal how he wants to uh, disperse or spend that. So we didn't have to bond on anything. We were able to pay for these projects with cash on hand, and that was wonderful. And it's good for the people, virtually, you know, every aspect of Metro Parks, uh, the zoo. Everybody kind of got touched a little bit, and it's all things that the residents of Cuyahoga County have come to know and appreciate. And so we have to just make sure they know that the state is uh, in full support. Well, that's, that's wonderful hearing uh, a very rare statement that we're flush with money, and uh, that is a good yeah. thing. With, with, with the national discussions about inflation and possible recession, uh, how does Ohio look with regard to inflation and the possibility of uh, reacting to a recession nationally? Well, well statewide, state money-wise, as the state were doing okay, but yet the, my 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 um, you know people here in Ohio are still faced with the same challenges on the country. This is the second quarter in a row that we saw the uh, uh, the a downward trend in the uh, ODP, and that's uh, a signal that you're in a recession. And the you know the president was uh, on on. Thursday, and he's claiming that we're not in a recession, but tell that to people at the gas tank. You know, you know it's bad when people see four oh nine a gallon, and it's oh good, it's only four oh nine. That's how quickly the five dollars and nineteen cents a gallon can get in people's psyche and their mindset. You know, it's eighteen months ago it was two oh nine a gallon. You know, and we didn't have shortages of lumber and and the cost of groceries skyrocketing. So we're clearly in a recession. And that's something as a state, you know, um, you know, we can weather. Matter of fact, uh, the governor just announced an expanded um, uh, program to help the poorest people in Ohio. He extended this expansion program, and they're going to put uh, several hundred million dollars to the folks that are, you know, way below the poverty. And that's the program that's been there. He just expanded it and increased the money to it. So we're going to try to help out the poorest Ohioans as we should, you know, and I salute the governor for acting swiftly on that account. But, you know, we got to batten down the hatches literally nationwide because there's no end in sight. I mean, the cost of energy is just, uh, that's one of the, I think, leading indicators of why our, our economy has is, is run amok. The Fed raised the interest rate again. So it's, it's, there's not, it's not good time right now. And I think that um, hopefully the voters will think about that when they go to the polls in November. As we're looking at the capital budget and we're somewhat forecasting how things are going to be in the near future, how does 2023 look for the state of Ohio? I think we'll still have uh, you know, sufficient funds, or do you think inflation will catch up with the state? The capital budget and the operating budget are, are two different things, and our capital budget, 
um, you know, is this they say every two years we come up with these special projects, and that's where we usually, in addition to the local projects, a lot of the universities uh, get funded uh, for their special projects. But the operating budget, we're kind of still on pace. Uh, we had a conservative operating budget, so I don't think that, uh, you know, I think May was the month that we, we just came in at projections. Prior to the month of May, we had been coming in above projections of all the numbers that matter, which would be your income tax returns, your sales tax returns. And uh, May, we came in on projections. So uh, I think we're, we're we, we, and we've obviously got a maxed out. We can't put any more money in our rainy day fund because we have as much as we're legally permitted to. Um, and we still have cash on hand. So state of Ohio is doing well. You can't tell that to Bob and Betty Buckeye when they go to the grocery store or the gas station. Their money, you know, is, is going to be – their paychecks are being challenged by this economy. I don't think we all are, and we're all hoping that we're going to snap out of it. Uh, and only time will tell. I have to watch things every day. Uh, another topic uh, that uh, I know we, we talked about a little bit in the past, land remedi- remediation grants. What, what are those and what's been happening? You know, we have throughout the state, um, we had money that we set aside, you know, uh, again, several hundred million dollars. There were, you know, um, the state of Ohio did 172 grants into the 88 counties of Ohio, and every county got something. Cuyahoga County got 50. I'm going to say that again real slow. The 172 grants into 88 counties, we got 50. We got uh, um, just about a third. And I'm proud of the fact that every single remediation grant that I endorsed was able to be successfully funded. One example is the uh, Ford Motor Company, the former foundry, out there, what talk about a price uh, by Lorraine? There, no, no, the Ford plant in Brook Park where they used to have the oh, Brook Park, plant okay, and and sure. and engine two were both knocked down. And that's just that area of real estate being a through a rail that goes through it. You're close to the airport, you're close to the highway, five minutes from the turnpike. That's just a great, great opportunity. But a developer, what we're hoping to do by having the state go in and clean up the the, the property to remediate the ground to land underneath it for the chemicals, asbestos, whatever that's there. And now we make it prime land. Then we're going to bring companies that are looking for a massive amount of property just like that with, we want to be by rail. We need to be close to the airport. You know, we want to be close to the highways and turnpikes and so on and so forth. I'm real excited about what the prospects of the city of Burke Park are going to be able to do uh, once that remediation is completed. And when you bring in new companies and new businesses, you bring in that great four-letter word, jobs. And that's what, we, that's what we're looking for here in Ohio. We're looking for jobs. Well, I get a picture every time we head to the airport. We drive by the, the remnants of the old Ford uh, plant over there in Brook Park by Engel Road. And uh, it was a 237. And yeah. uh, with that all being cleaned out when it gets remediated, remediation basically is just... Pulling out, like you mentioned, uh, asbestos and other contaminants to make it safe property. But we're talking to State Representative Tom Patton, and we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with uh, Representative Patton. So don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. We're talking to State Representative Tom Patton from uh, from Strongsville, Ohio, about the great state of Ohio and what's going on with the Ohio legislature. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us, as always. Always my pleasure, Nick. Uh, we're talking about what's happening in um, in Ohio and, and what's been happening with the economy and the budget. But uh, yeah, coming up real soon is the uh, I would call it the infamous uh, special election of August second coming up, and and how that how we come to reach that point, especially with regard to deadlines and candidates and the election. Well, what's so unique about this particular special election? Well, you know, I firmly believe that uh, you know, we had an activist court. You know, the court is not supposed to uh, legislate. You know, and yet they've found themselves in a position, and a lot of people agree, that they were trying to, um, you know, go beyond what the legislature folks in Ohio had asked for. Uh, here's a great example. There's 11 state representatives in Cuyahoga County. Cuyahoga County has more registered Republicans than any other state, yet of the 11 state representatives of the 99 you have in the state, there's 11 from Cuyahoga County. Uh, there's 10 Democrats and one Republican. And I'm the Republican. And so he would say, well, that many Republicans has that district, has that been gerrymandered? You know, and so the answer to that is hardly, you know. And, uh, uh, but, you know, because of that and because they couldn't get them, the, they, the court would take 28 days to say no. You know, they would present a map, and 28 days later, they would, if you counted the amount of days between the submission of maps and the court making the decision, it's like over 100 days. You know, and so now the federal judge came in and said, well, then use map number three. That seems to be most in line with what the voters asked for. And so uh, because of that delay, the state, because it's going to cost us about $20 million, it could be going towards something else. A lot better served to have this special election. All the election is for is for the legislature and for the state central committee folks. It could have easily been on the main ballot. Everything. The problem is that most people think I voted in the primary. I'll be ready to vote in November. So we're concerned that less than 5% of the voters either know about or will be able to vote because they might be away on vacation. They might you know, just, you know, they've already thought they voted. So the challenge is for all 99 state reps and the rep states to try to get their voters out, remind them uh, in that just two days from now, we're, we're going to have a special election. And then the winners from that election go on to the November general election, which is the normal period of time. But it's... Um, it's, I, th- I, in my heart, I just think this was a challenge that we shouldn't have had to, uh, to have to work through. And it just, uh, uh, I, I, I can't help but just blame the, uh, the Ohio Supreme Court for, uh, trying to dictate, you know, policy instead of interpreting the law. They tried to create laws. It, is, it just, it, it appeared that was opined by, you know, several editorial and so on. So I'm not alone in my thinking on that. Well, well, I, I know just uh, speaking for North Royalton with regard to the 15th uh, State House uh, District, that district didn't become final into the 15th District for North Royalton until late May. And at that point, for anyone who wanted to run for that position, had already missed uh, the deadline for filing petitions that that lapsed back in the preceding February before that even happened. Yeah. 
And that's absolutely heartbreaking. There's a community that, like North World, you mentioned, that's a community that's been represented by me um, yes. for 20 years. And, um, you know, in the redistricting, I lost four of my five cities. I gained four new cities, which is another challenge. I have to reintroduce myself to the two of them. I'm brand new with two of them. And so uh, I'm picking up Middleburg and Brook Park for the first time and Fairview and Rocky River when they head in the Senate. Um, but, you know, the folks in um, North Royalton especially, um, assuming I'd still be their guy uh, or their candidate, I should say. And uh, uh, it just, we did. you know, and then when the court did what they did, you know, that's, that's kind of what happened. So now the, the Republicans in North Royalton don't have a candidate to vote for. It's, and so that's one of the real, and that's not, Sadly, it's not um, solely North Royalton that suffers from that. The whole, you know, disregard for getting deadlines done and establishing deadlines and giving people the right opportunity was completely blown to smithereens by the by the actions of the Supreme Court. My opinion. So. Well, we're going to have to, I guess, uh, live through it and wait for the next uh, cycle two years from now. It would appear to be the case, and uh, but you know what I tell the folks, as you know, as the only Republican in Cuyahoga County, my district has always been, for the most part, Cuyahoga County. You know, I don't limit you know the things like the Garfield Monument or you know the folks at Providence House or things within the Metro Parks or whatever the different grants you try to get or help resolve issues. It's like law enforcement. You know, we we try to help the law enforcement actually throughout the state. You know, coming from a law enforcement family, as I always have been fortunate to do, we have special regard for our sponsors. You know, as evidenced by that, in the state budget just this year, we set aside $15 million for police, extra police training. Uh, we set up a 12-member law enforcement training study commission. We put aside $10 million for body camps. For the fire department, we gave $13 million for support, additional equipment, and training, and then we we had millions that we set aside for sexual assault investigation. You know, um, it's we you know you just can't do stuff. You know, it was a while back where it was this some talk in the in in the public sector. We need to defund the police. That is not what the people are saying to me when I talk to them going door to door or see them at meetings. They want more security. They want more police. They want more better trained police about better equipped police and firemen. And that's our responsibility, providing these brave men and women and our first responders to make sure they have you know, the best equipment, the most up-to-date, safe equipment that will you know, you know, keep them in, out of harm's way. Just a question as to how government operates. When, when the state legislature allocates monies for the police and for the fire services around the state, where where do those dollars come from? Do they come from uh, income tax? Do they come from sales tax? No, no, it, comes, it comes to the general revenue fund. The general revenue fund is funded by, for the most part, uh, sales tax, income tax. The lottery profits pretty much, and we've had a record $1.4 billion this year in lottery profits, uh, and that completely goes to the schools. That was That's what it was dedicated for. Uh, all the... Uh, gas tax money goes only for roads and bridges up that. So that so you, when you talk about funds that I just talked about, I'm going to call the GRF, 
Rental Revenue Fund, and that is funded. Um, I mean, there might be other leases that Ohio has. There might be other sources of revenue come into the General Revenue Fund, but for the most part, it's income taxes and sales taxes. What, what else is coming up for the rest of the summer? Is there going to be much happening in Columbus? No, we're not going back. We're not scheduled to go back until right after Election Day. Uh, everybody's back home and everybody's campaigning. And this is this is the I mean, it's the reality of a two-year General Assembly. Every General Assembly lasts for two years. First year, you're legislatively crazy. Second year, the first six months of the second year, you're trying to wrap up some bills. It's hard to introduce the bill in the second year because every bill's got to get through your chamber five or six hearings over five or six weeks. And if you're able to get a success out, then it goes across to the other chamber. It could start in the Senate and then end up in the House, start in the House and then end up in the Senate. And eventually, if both sides, the House and Senate, agree and sign it as a bill, ends up on the governor's desk for him to sign and make law, or he can always veto it. You know, so and as I always tell people, you don't want bills to be able to be passed willy-nilly. You want it to be an arduous process. You want it to be fully vetted out. You want to have proponents and opponents testify to a particular bill. And it's a very small percentage of the bills that are introduced that actually get passed, you know, because of the fact that, um, you know, when when all sides weigh in, some someone, one particular group might think this is a great idea. Then you hear from three other groups that why that particular great idea would hurt them or their neighborhood or their organization. And mm-hmm. that's perhaps the, the, the many, many hearings on it. Well, so, let's see what, what, what all happens. We're, we're out of time, Tom. But uh, State Representative Tom Penn, thank you so very much for joining us tonight and giving us this update. It's always, always a pleasure. Have a good rest of the evening. Take care. You Enjoy your summertime. We'll be back in touch. And, and thank you for listening tonight. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great, healthy, and safe week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset, sat and drank my fresh mint tea.